Well, we have made it. We are here. It is Advent Sunday 4, and it is hard to believe we are only a few days from Christmas Day. Just a few days. That which we have been preparing for for all these past four weeks. I don't know about you, but for me, this applying John Wesley's sermon concept of the almost Christian and the versus the altogether Christian has been helpful in reflecting on my own preparations for Christmas and what that looks like or tends to look like. I've appreciated seeing the difference between an almost hope versus an altogether hope that we talked about way back on Advent 1 with the story of Elizabeth. And then we talked at, about the almost peace versus living in an altogether peace that sustains us. Last week, we explored that fleeting almost joy and looked at instead that deep down altogether joy that Christ provides. So today, we end Advent with the most important of all Christian virtues. We explore an altogether love that Christ has come to offer us. Let's hear an excerpt from the story between Gabriel and Mary, and then we will add to that a teaching from Paul's letter to the church at Colossae. From Luke 1, 34 through 38, uh, Gabriel had just told Mary what was going to happen. Then Mary said to the angel, how would this happen since I haven't had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come over you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. Then the angel left her. From Colossians 3, verses 12 through 15. Paul says, therefore, as God's choice, holy and loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be tolerant with each other. And if someone has a complaint against anyone, forgive each other. As the Lord forgave you, so also forgive each other. And over all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. The peace of Christ must control your hearts, a peace into which you were called in one body. And be thankful, people. This is the word of God for all God's children. Thanks be to God. What if... What if someone gets to know us for who we really are? And once they do, once we let them in and they see us for who we really are, they realize just how unlovable we truly are. 
Isn't it safer to protect ourselves and show people only what they want to see? Then we will always be loved at some level, or at least almost loved. The world today has mastered almost love. It's temporary, it's superficial, oftentimes it's self-serving, and it's fake. And us Southerners can fake love you to death. Oh my goodness, I love you, darling. You're so sweet. You want another piece of pie, honey? We are really good at that Southern charm. Almost love, though, on top of that, has another characteristic we should be careful. It causes us to only love the desirable aspects of others as well. It's too much work to deal with folks with, um, who are difficult, who are annoying. And then that causes us to worry about, oh my gosh, do other people feel that I'm annoying and that I'm difficult? So then we begin to divide ourselves in such a way that when we get caught up in almost love, we only reveal to others the parts of ourselves we think they will find acceptable or attractive or lovable. And we become experts of being almost loved and almost loving others. But an altogether love, oh, that's the love that runs deep. It is a love that welcomes and embraces the whole self, both within us, our whole self, and the whole self of others, just as they are. It crosses over the boundaries of people who are different from us. It embraces multiculturalism. In fact, nothing, nothing compares to the love God desires for us and from us. I want to say that again. Nothing compares to the love that God desires for us and from us. God's altogether love overcomes the fear that if someone really gets to know us, they may not find anything lovable or redeemable there. There's a reason that we've saved love for last. At the heart of the Christmas message is the fact that God loves us so very much that God's willing to do just about anything to prove it, to shower us, with that love so that it seeps into our lives. Even stooping so low as to become human in the form of a helpless baby boy, just to empathize and be with us. Jesus is God's best example of an altogether love. Think of it kind of like this. Maybe you've heard this story. Mary Daniel hadn't seen her husband in 114 days due to the coronavirus restrictions at the senior care facility where her husband lived. Her family, I mean, her husband, Steve, had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and um, he had been living with that for seven years. Uh, he'd moved into a um, facility in Jacksonville, Florida, and she said she'd been visiting her husband every single night up until March 11th when um, COVID hit in a way that things began to shut down. 
in order to prevent the spread of the, the pandemic in the facility, March 11th was, in fact, the last time she had even seen Steve as a visitor. So Mary was so worried about her husband and all of this time that he would be spending alone and confused and not necessarily knowing the people around him. Her response was, we've separated these folks to save them, but the isolation can also kill them, especially dementia patients who need interaction. They need to be touched so that they can grow instead of begin withering away. Mary then said, out of the blue, uh, the corporate office of his memory care unit called her and said, hey, we have a part-time job available. Would you be interested? And she, of course, jumped at the opportunity to be able to go inside the facility and be able to see her husband no matter what the job was. Well, they ended up giving her a part-time job washing dishes. This job, though, allowed Mary to go in and see her husband. She was so desperate to do that and grateful for the chance. It was worth it to be able to visit him. And, I can, and she said, I can already tell a difference in his demeanor with just a few visits. I get to go again tonight, she said, and it has made the world of difference for me. She said her husband now feels love, something that he'd missed out on when they were separated. And she's so grateful and she said she felt so lucky and fortunate to be able to be with him every day. Friends, we were separated from God because of the effects of sin. Yet God wanted to show God's deep love for us. And the best way was for Jesus to enter into our world. And he did so as a role of servant. And he willingly did this to be with us and to reunite us with God. Famous theologian Augustine put it this way, or Augustine, however you choose to say his name. Uh, he preached about love and the incarnation um, of God. He said this, Our Lord came down from life to suffer death. The bread came down to hunger. The way came down on the way to weariness. The fount came down to thirst. He so loved us that for our sake, he was made man in time. Although through him, all times were made. He was made man who made man. He was created of a mother whom he created. He was carried by hands that he formed. He cried in the manger in wordless infancy, he, the word, without whom all human eloquence is mute. I know that there are some that are hearing my voice that when they look in the mirror, they don't like what they see. That they're overwhelmed with these feelings of being unlovable. That they hear the, the voices around them, the negative voices, the critical voices, and they believe them. When they reflect on their own actions and think about what they have said and done or maybe how they have treated others, 
they feel shame. When they think about who they are, they wonder, you wonder if anyone could love you. And friends, if you are feeling that way, for you more than anyone else is the power and the importance of what we celebrate at Christmas offered to you. Because it is for you that we are reminded of God's love that came down um, in the form of that infant baby. Lest any of us think ourselves as unlovable, never forget that God demonstrates at Christmas time the extent that God is willing to go in order to show us his love. And this brings us to Mary from our scripture reading this morning. What a beautiful exchange between Mary and the messenger angel Gabriel. Gabriel has just told Mary that God has chosen her and and what God's plan is, what it means to be chosen by God for this particular task. And as she is processing all that she is hearing, she does something remarkable. She interrupts that messenger, uh, Angel Gabriel, and asks, how? How? She wonders out loud how this kind of love is possible. It seems too grand and powerful to take place with her, considering her circumstances and certainly her lowly status. And then the best line of this story comes from Gabriel. He reminds her in verse 37, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. He tells her what God has already done and her cousin Elizabeth, who has been barren her whole life. Gabriel's response is reassuring to Mary and to us today that nothing that we could imagine is impossible for God. And when Mary accepts this truth, then, then she yields herself to God's plans. It is during this exchange that we see what Mary sees, the breadth and scope of God's love for humanity, that God would come up with this cockamamie plan to send Jesus to deliver us from ourselves because God loves us that much. How can this be? Because God loves us and because nothing is impossible for God. Because God loves this world so much that God's incarnation expresses the favor God is trying to demonstrate. That God has not and will not abandon us. No matter how unlovable we or our world has gotten. No matter what. And this takes us to the second scripture lesson this morning. Once we accept what God has done for us, then what are we supposed to do with that? Paul's lesson in Colossians reminds us that love really is the most important virtue that ties everything together and it, it makes it all coherent. Because God loves us, we are to love others. Paul is hinting at what Jesus said numerous times, but probably most clearly in John 13, verses 34 and 35. Jesus taught the disciples, I give you a new commandment, love each other, just as I have loved you, so you also must love each other. 
This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. How do others know that we are Jesus followers? They they know that we are disciples of Jesus Christ because we live our lives loving others. And not an almost kind of loving others, an altogether love of others. Colossians describes what that altogether love looks like. Uh, Paul talks about us needing to use sympathy. Sympathy for the situation of others requires compassion and kindness on our part. And humility to count others as better than ourselves. Gentleness. To demonstrate simple courtesy towards others and being considerate of others. And patience. To work not to become frustrated or enraged, but tolerate others' behaviors even when it's exasperating. And keep this in mind, by the way, for any of you folks that are gathering with your family, because patience can be the key to getting along with all of your family. He goes on to say the importance of bearing with one another. That we can for, uh, that, 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 that means essentially to fully accept people for who they are, faults and all. And then finally, forgiving others. That we can and should forgive those who have hurt us because Christ has already forgiven us. Friends, this altogether kind of love is not easy. It's really not easy when we try and love the community, that Christian community that we are a part of, with this altogether love. And sometimes it feels like we receive in return an almost love. Or maybe not even that. When we feel rejection or that people only like the easy part of ourselves, it causes us to not be able to make sense of who we fully are. And even to question who God has made us to be. As if we're not good enough. Or that we have to be someone we aren't in order to be accepted or loved. These are the trappings of this almost love that the world dictates and models. And it is to this trap that Colossians speaks. Jesus came to show us a better way. Verse 14, and over all these things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Love is the perfect response that brings peace into our lives instead of letting this world rattle us and think more poorly of ourselves than we ought. Love is the perfect response when our behavior in community with one another is not what it should be. And above all else, love. Love is the driving force and the power source that energizes any Christian community. This is the new way that this baby has come to model for us. So loving one another, this is the beautiful Christian experiment and experience that God intends for us to master. And we can because God's love for us is tangible and it is powerful and it is meant to be shared. This is important because the world is tangled up in almost love right now. And I think you would agree with me, it's not enough. It's clearly 
not enough. We need to be the hands and feet of Christ today by planting the seeds of a love that will go deeper. We ourselves are hungry for more, and so is the world. An altogether love is what binds us all together and has the power to tear down the brokenness and the hurt and bring peace and hope and joy into our lives. You see, ultimately, love is the key to all that we have been talking about these past several weeks. Being loved and sharing that love with others. So don't get caught up in an almost loving Christmas where your desire to control and shape the Christmas experiences tries to take over. In a year where we are learning the very hard lesson of not being in control of the world around us, this is especially good news for us. We don't have to be in control. And in fact, to experience an altogether loving Christmas this year, we should just instead lose ourselves in the mystery and the scandal of the birth of Jesus and embrace the abundant life that comes to us unexpectedly through the birth of Christ. Because after all, nothing is impossible with God. One of my favorite Christmas carols says it best. Love came down at Christmas Love, a lovely love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Star and angels gave the sign. Worship we the Godhead. Love incarnate, love divine. Worship we our Jesus. What should be our sacred sign? Love shall be our token. Love be yours and love be mine. Love to God and others. Love for prayer and gift and sign.